Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Down the left field line. He's done it again. A three-run home run for Nelson Cruz. Kevin, don't you? Oh, yeah. High fly, left field. Deep, and it is gone. Nelson Cruz again against the White Sox. Yeah, uh, I think the White Sox got the memo this weekend that it's not just their division to take. And we will talk about all things from the first three games of the twin season. And we'll get into some developing news, shall we say, about COVID outbreaks around baseball. But let's first thank the fine people at Luther Brookdale Toyota. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. And we thank them because this has been a really tumultuous year for Score North and Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. And uh, and we are proud to be partners with Luther. And they've stood by us. We stand by them. Um, you can get into some brand new 2020 Toyotas right now. RAV4s, Camrys, Corollas for some of the lowest leasing prices. I have seen all well under $300 a month. And uh, you can also get into 1.9% financing plans as well. And if you're interested in a test drive, but you're not quite comfortable going in, they are keeping things safe and clean, and uh, and they're very diligent on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. But they will also bring a vehicle to you if you'd rather that happen instead. So you can find out all the information about the service department, about the showroom, and the new cars at LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. There's a fastball lifted to left. Carrying deep. Jimenez back. That ball's gone. A grand slam. Jake Cave picking out a fastball and hitting it over the wall and left. Welcome in to Mackie and Judd on this Monday. And full disclosure, there is developing news in and around Major League Baseball as we record this late morning on Monday. 14 Miami Marlins players and coaches have tested positive for COVID. 12 of them, I think, are players and two are coaches or something like that. Or it's like 10, it's like 10 players. Mm-hmm. So you can do the math on what that does to their roster. Uh, so their home opener tonight against Baltimore has been canceled. The Yankees game against the Phillies tonight has been canceled because the Phillies played the Marlins this last series. Yep. And we've now opened the inevitable Pandora's box of COVID outbreaks in sports. And we will get more information on that later in the show. We also know that a lot of people just have are sort of COVIDed out and you come to us not for a COVID breakdown anymore. But you want to hear about the Twins first three games. And so we'll get to what. The COVID outbreak means for baseball and the Twins. But let's just start because we have it. We've got these three games we don't have to give back. If Rob Manford comes out today and says, oh, my God, there's an outbreak. Everything's canceled. 
We'll never have to give back the 27 runs. Nelson Cruz, man. The, the, how many runs did they score yesterday? 14 or yep. whatever the hell it was? Yes, sir. And it Seven will, home runs. Ridiculous. And we'll never have to give back whatever the White Sox are feeling inside, thinking, we've made it! It's our Yes, we are relevant again. Oh, wait. We ran into Twins bats for can, three days. Can you please play the highlight that you played again? Because without fans in the stands, the crack of the bat becomes slightly more glorious yeah. than usual. This The first Nelson Cruz home run from yesterday. Oh! Down the left field line. He's done it again! Listen to that. Baseball player. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is... It's ordinarily sexy. Right in the baby maker. That is really good. His cave. Oh! Lifted to left. Carrying deep. Jimenez back. That ball's gone! A grand slam! Wow. That is absolute twins home run porn right there. (laughs) There is no question. Actually, Declan, can you you play those highlights here? Let me me find some appropriate music to lay underneath this here. So, uh, so I'll fire up the music and you play those three home runs. Down the left field line, he's done it again. A three-run home run for Nelson Cruz. Kevin, don't you? Oh, yeah. High fly, left field. Deep, and it is gone. Nelson Cruz again against the White Sox. Left to left. Carrying deep, Jimenez back. That ball's gone. A grand slam. Jake Cave picking out a fastball and hitting it over the wall and left. Oh yeah, right there. The sound of the crack of the bat. I never thought th- this would happen to me. I was in the ballpark one night watching a baseball game by myself and saw Nelson Cruz come to the plate. <laughs> what ever do you want, Mister Cruz? I thought to myself. <laughs> Doctor Seuss. No, you're not. No, oh, you're you're too young for the old the, school. Yeah. The old school they, mail bag. They skip past that stuff in the internet version. <laughs> Judd's talking about the '70s and '80s version. I'm talking where about, there's a plot. I'm talking no, no. Well, those too, but I'm t- talking about the days where a guy m- might have to go to the back room at Schinders through the oh, through God. the squeaky door to buy publications, and the door would go. Uh, so yeah. everyone knew. Down the left field line. He's done it again. Oh, yeah. High fly left field. And it is gone. The fastball lifted to left. Carrying deep. Jimenez back. That ball's gone. A grand slam. Jake Kane picking out a fastball and hitting it over the wall. Baseball arousal. That's what we in need. Chicago this week. That's weekend. what we need. The Twins home run porn band. <laughs> just live outside. Just, they live outside the Kirby Puckett they, game. Yeah. <laughs> they can just play the entire game. That guy rocking <laughs> bass all day. It's a unique year, right? <laughs> just sitting out there in the plaza. <laughs> oh, look out! Jake Cave's gone deep again. Just go close and play. So we have decided going into the season, and we did this for the scrimmage against the Cubs last Wednesday. That because it's a 60-game sprint, basically these baseball games are like football games, where like one in every 16 football games could be your entire season. Not ordinarily the case with a 162-game baseball season, but very much the case with a 60-game baseball season. And so this is our playground, gentlemen, to break down the first three Twins games like we would, I don't know, a Vikings game coming off of like week seven or something. Yep. What were your main observations, Judd Zolgad, or maybe give me give me your first and foremost observation, and then we can get to some other like 
secondary observations. What's the one thing that stands out to you after the first three Twins games? Okay, the one thing that stands out is is something that I brought up on our uh, last call show that Declan, Jake DePute, and I did yesterday. And it's a bad thing, but it turns into the most incredible thing in the three games to me. Josh Donaldson, okay? Four years, 92 mil, professional hitter, Mm -hmm. really good. No doubt he's going to be good, all right? In three games, he went one for 10. He had an, a meaningless infield single in the 10-3 to loss for the Twins on Saturday. And they scored 27 runs. Yeah, Miguel Sano went 0 for 8 with, I believe, 50% of those at-bats were strikeouts. He did not play on Sunday. His timing's a mess. And they scored 27 runs. Yeah, Byron Buxton evidently drove to Chicago to take part in pregame ceremonies on Friday. And then stuck around, I think, Saturday and drove home and and is not prepared to play yet. Byron Buxton, we talk about him, MVP, game changer, if he can play. They scored 27 runs. Yeah. I'll just stop there. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I think my main observation is uh, is that the Twins are going to win the World Series. <laughs> I saw that Friday. You you were on top of that Friday night. And I and I, and I I don't even say that tongue-in-cheek. I legit, and just, uh, Justin Verlander is sort of... He's saying, I'm not out for the season, the injury that popped up yesterday. It sounds like Justin Verlander, according to people inside the Astros organization, is out for the season in Houston. It's a forearm, right? Yep. That's a forearm pre- That's a precursor to Tommy John, right? Correct. Okay. Yep. And it's a short season. It's not like if this happens in April and, ah, oh, let's shut him down for a couple months. Like, if they have to shut him down even for three or four weeks, it's going to take two or three weeks to ramp him back up. He's basically out for the season. If this is anything that sidelines him for two or three or, uh, weeks or more... Mm-hmm. Uh, they also obviously lost Garrett Cole in free agency to the Yankees. The Yankees are still very much there and relevant and have the two most ferocious power-hitting bats probably in all of baseball. But one of the teams that you would put, one of the very, very small handful of teams you would put ahead of the Twins in World Series odds may have just lost Justin Verlander for the season. And so I'm watching this thing over the weekend, and, the, and Nelson Cruz is 40, and he's hitting bombs all over Chicago and the Twins' backup center fielder is hitting a grand slam. And like Judd said, you know, a third of their lineup hasn't even really woken up yet from the COVID slumber. And the Twins made the White Sox look like the White Sox have looked for much of the last 10 years or so. Um, and I think it's kind of funny that, like, White Sox fans, I saw a bunch of tweets from White Sox fans and bloggers and things. Before the series started, the White Sox, based on prospect rankings and and some people projecting in the media that they were going to pop up. And I think they're a formidable team, but like White Sox fans were already congratulating themselves over their emergence before the season started. And then they ran into a team that's actually emerged last year with a hundred wins and the home run record. And that's what happens. Like the White Sox haven't been to the playoffs in 12 years. They haven't been uh, to the 90 win mark in 14 years. I think you guys have to put in a few actual wins against good teams before you start patting yourselves on the back. And that's the other thing I learned is that the Twins, A, are going to win the World Series, and B, are still very much better than the White Sox. What did you learn, Declan? I learned uh, that, yeah, I'm with Judd on Josh Donaldson, that even though he had a, a, a poor series, everything still worked out really well for the Twins, and that I'm not concerned over three games for one of the best players in baseball. Also, the guy did take four walks. Like, he had some professional at-bats. I was encouraged by his defense is obviously legitimate. Um, the bullpen, there was some signs of, of awesomeness, and there were some signs of concern. Obviously, on Saturday, things didn't go so well. Friday, it was great. Um, so I, I told Jake and Judd that 
I still think we should just have a watchful eye over the pitching. I'm not going to sound the alarm over one weekend series against, honestly, even though we just ripped the White Sox a little bit, that lineup is still pretty dang good. It's going to be, I think, a top 10 lineup if we indeed get a 60-game season. So keep a watchful eye on the pitching, but this offense is still so good, man. And I could watch it play all every single day, so I was impressed. The pitching that we should we should talk about the pitching because I think it's time if if people haven't already, and and I would I think Declan's probably the lowest on the pitching of anyone here. You're the one that sounded the bullpen alarm last week. We need to move the bar for what we should expect for this pitching. Mm-hmm. If this lineup is going to go out and hit the most home runs of any team in baseball again, or be up in that mix, right? And if this is going to be a one through nine top notch lineup. They don't need to have the 96 Braves rotation. Like They don't need to be holding teams to three hits over nine innings. You can give up a five spot like Jose Barrios and still crush a team on a Friday night because yeah. your lineup right, is really good. You're not going to win the World Series that way. You, like, you, like you, you, can get, you can get a long way, uh, but you, you need more. I, I think the key to me is, is Odo okay? Is the back okay? Because if he comes back and he's fine, I think he's good. Mm-hmm. Is Rich Hill good? Um, if they're good, I, I think the bullpen thing and the juxtaposition with the bullpen that we saw Friday to Saturday can be worked through, and I don't think it's going to kill you. And I do believe that in the end there is a very good chance that the Twins' bullpen is going to be a strength. The starting pitching, I want to see health, though, uh, because you can beat the White Sox and you can beat a lot of teams saying, bleep it, we'll score 12. I don't think that you can win a World Series, and I don't think that you can win playoff games against the Yankees that way. I think it becomes imperative. and I'm. I'm with you on you don't need Gibson and Colfax and Drysdale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you do need competent pitching. The one thing I will say about the White Sox and where you can tell that there is there is still a I think significant gap that they need to close with the Twins is twofold. Starting pitching cuz Keiko looked damn good. Like if you can throw Keiko out there that team is pretty good. Mm-hmm. But the other thing where the White Sox are totally lacking and where I think we saw the Twins take sort of a step in the first 3 games uh, and it's going to cost them dearly. Their defense is awful. <laughs> Tim Anderson's a disaster at shortstop. He's pretty bad. Like he's a, I think he's a nice player. Yeah. He is a disaster at, at short. The first inning on Friday, guys, I believe if the White Sox play a competent defensive yeah. performance uh, in that inning, I think they get out of it with one run instead of what four runs or mm-hmm. something like that. So, so the 2019 Sox. Seem to me to be, or 2020 Sox seem to me to be a bad version defensively of the 2019 Twins, and that's going to kill you. Now, the the White Sox are sort of like they're not ready yet. They're still, I guess you could say they're still cooking or whatever. Like they haven't reached their final stage of whatever they're going to be. Yep. Um, I would put a lot of money on Luis Robert and Yon Moncada both oh, yeah. being two of the best players in baseball within the next year or two. So, like if you could if you could put those guys on your roster, you would you would take that. But I don't think they're to the point now where they even know like what position some of these guys are long term. Right. You know, they're still like when, when you're dealing with 21, 22, 23 year old players like Luis Robert might be a right fielder at some point. Uh, Tim Anderson's a little bit older, but in a, in a perfect world, Tim Anderson's probably at a different position. Right. Yes. yes but, he is. but what they're trying to do is put the best possible bats in a lineup one yeah. through nine and then kind of figure out where some of these guys play long term. And uh, and they're definitely going to be a force. If not starting this year, like they're going to be better this year than they were last year and the year before. They lost a hundred games two years ago. Um, but the like the biggest difference is probably the fact that the Twins have one really reliable infielder that sets off a chain reaction. Just putting Josh Donaldson at third base sets off a chain reaction that 
All of a sudden, Polanco doesn't have to play as much to his right, and all of a sudden, Arise has less pressure at second base. To like, it 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 allows everyone to kind of move over a step and or two. Kudos, Sano at first base yeah. In, yeah. in the two games. Not bad. I was. I am pleasantly shocked. Why pleasantly? Like he was a shortstop five years ago. So like, if you can play shortstop because professionally, you can play first base. Miguel's athletic ability, okay, does not surprise me. We know it's there. Yeah. Here's why I'm pleasantly shocked. He has proven before at times, and you know what? Maybe Nelson Cruz has changed this dynamic completely for him, or at least I shouldn't say completely. That's too much partially. Uh, Miguel Sano has shown before that he has been unwilling to put the work in to make himself good at areas that he is not previously successful at just because he, he can essentially hit a baseball yeah. a long way or has a great arm, which he does. So I'm pleasantly shocked because I thought to myself, the footwork's going to not be good. He's not going to be a- able to scoop the ball, blah, 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 blah. And and in those two games, you know what? He's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's why. So it doesn't surprise me because of where he has come from. He He has played shortstop and the hot corner for his entire career. And moving from those positions to first base, like you're, you've already seen the scorching hot grounders. You've already been picking plays backhanded. Like he wasn't making all the plays. It's the footwork of of actually yeah. taking the throws, though. Yeah, but that's honestly he's not, like he's been pretty good. That's not. I mean, I'm not a. I'm not going to say like I've never played professional baseball, but like, like learning footwork at first base. If you've played shortstop and third base, right. is, is an easy transition. Oh. Given it, given it. I assume time. nothing is simple with him until I actually see it look like <laughs> yeah, it was simple. Let's raise the bar a little for what we expect from Miguel Sano. I can't. The guy can scoop a ground ball. The guy can scoop a throw, and he can move I'm within sorry. like a ten you know foot what? radius at first base. It's you know not what? That hard. I said he to has myself, seen infield pop ups before. Five years back, boys, I said, you know what? Right field, okay, it's not going to be great, but he'll be okay. It was a disaster. <laughs> I said to myself, third base. You know what? He eventually, when a ground ball comes to his right or left is not going to fall down and he always did see i i, I would Sorry. i would say if you're ranking like when you're moving from a position to first base the ones that are actually a lot harder because you just like you haven't seen the ball off the bat joe mauer moving from catcher to first base yes catcher is is a much more difficult taxing position so like moving from catcher to first base physically is easier but Joe Maurer spent the majority of his career never seeing a ball off the bat from that angle mm-hmm. before. Never like he's never stood at third base right. or first base or he played one game in the outfield. And so to quickly pick up like how a ball comes off the bat and your reaction time and all those things, that's a lot harder than moving from third or shortstop. And I would say if you're moving from the outfield to first base, that can be kind of tricky too because you're never feeling like scorching hot grounders and having to like use your quick twitch muscles to pick ground balls and, and bad throws. Yep. But like Miguel Sano, I, I get where you're coming from. Like the guy is not exactly Mr. Discipline in his him career in life. Yeah. So, I'm trying to compliment him. But it should not be that hard to move from third or all short I'm to saying, first base. All so. I'm saying is that on Friday night I had some trepidation <laughs> and I watched that game and thought, okay, it's not as bad as I thought it might be. And, yeah, it, and in fact, in fact, it looks to be very decent. Yeah. Yeah, he's a uh, he's he's. I'm trying to give him props. I would like. I would I'm like trying him, to compliment him. He looks like he has been swinging with a bat weight on so far this year. <laughs> oh, his timing's to, gone. It's it's going to take some time. But that's the good news of this lineup. It's not like if two guys have if if Donaldson and Sano's timing is off. There's previous Twins lineups where like if Mauer and Morno's timing is off. Sorry, but uh, Jason Repko is not going <laughs> to save it in the seven hole.
Right, right like exactly. Whoever yeah. the whoever the backup catcher, but like you know Drew Terror is not going to. Jason gonna... Tyner would. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Jason Castro hit a big home run. I feel like he, he plays for the Angels, Angels now or something. Yes, I think he hit a big home run over right. the weekend. So, um, all right, oh. what else, what else stood out to you guys in, in the Twins two out of three against Chicago this weekend, Declan? I love this bench. I know that's a funny takeaway to have, but like when you look at guys like Jake Cave, whose bat I think can play uh, every single day. And then you have some like Adrian Drianza who came in on second on Saturday, made a great play defensively. Marlon Gonzalez can play first base, right base, left field, just like we were talking about. How you can strategically deploy your bench, like you, I used to think, and I think it's a, a normal take, but like usually bench players are just fringe roster guys, guys that can contribute every third or fourth day. Where Jake Cave, Marlon Gonzalez, Adrianza are guys that you feel comfortable in in the positions you're going to place them in. Yeah. And I think that's a, an unreal help for the lineup. Like Miguel Sano takes an off day and you're still going to be okay. Mitch Garver's out of the lineup yesterday and I trust Alex Avila. Like the the bench players, the role players on the Twins are probably some of the better bench players in all of baseball. So here's where I think the sport is changing and it definitely changed in terms of bullpens. And, and I feel like what we're seeing now with benches in baseball is starting to mirror bullpens. Years and years ago, if you were a failed starter, you got sent to the bullpen, right? Yep. And you were just sort of a slug, and you came in, and you pitched the sixth, and you sweated, and you got your money and went home, and blah, blah, blah. Um, I feel like benches in baseball, to Phil's point about what the White Sox are trying to do in cultivating players at different spots, and um, the, the Giants are doing the exact same thing. In fact, the Giants, the Giants, I, I think, split their uh, four game series with the Dodgers, and the Giants have a lot of young players who they basically acknowledge are not playing positions that they're eventually going to play, but they're trying them at different places. I feel like um, benches in baseball are starting to become instead of well, <laughs> you can't start, but I guess you can hit. So you yeah. so. You'll play on Wednesday after a Tuesday night game, if it's a Wednesday day game, uh, to the point now where they're developing into into roster spots that are valued way more than they probably were 15 to 20 years back. And it's not just slugs, and it's not just failed players. Marwin Gonzalez, and say what you might about the tra- trash can thing, excuse me, Marwin Gonzalez is a hell of a player. Yeah. And he can play right, and he can play third, and he can play first. And I think what we are beginning to see now in the sport is a lot more guys like that. And the old um, the old thing of being, well, I'm a bench player, so I'm not good, is starting to go away. And it's being replaced by, I'm a Swiss Army knife type of player. Yes. And I can do lots of things, and I can play a lot, but I might not be considered your everyday, let's say, right fielder. Yeah, and that's why, like, Adrianza, you might look at him and sometimes get frustrated, like, in a lineup full of dudes who hit 30 bombs, what's this guy doing in here, right? I mean, he can hit a little bit, too. But he is the true definition of a Swiss Army knife. And in today's baseball, especially in COVID ball, where if three dudes test positive, and all of a sudden, like, okay, we only have a limited number of guys on the roster, it's helpful to have two or three off your bench that can play, like, five different positions. Um, I would, from a roster perspective... Especially in a shortened season, I would have a close eye on these sort of fringe roster pitchers. Like Devin Smeltzer is a great story. He's a cancer survivor, and he has put together some good innings for the Twins last year. Uh, Zach Littell, they got him in a trade, and like there's some upside there. Yep. If there's bigger, better arms like Yon Duran and Jorge Alcala that are on your 40-man roster, 
Alcala's on the taxi squad for sure. Yes. I don't think Duran is. I think that's right. But Alcala's on the taxi squad. I would have a real quick trigger on, like, in terms of maximizing what you bring to each and every game and each and every inning. If you want Smelter out there just mopping up in a blowout game to save arms for tomorrow, that's one thing. If Smelter is trying to get big outs against tough lineups like the White Sox in a three-run game or something, I might consider Alcala. I might consider a guy who can get more swings and misses and somebody with more upside in a shortened season like this. So I would have a pretty short leash. And Zach Littell, I don't know. Like, it's hard to tell how much upside he has at this point. Like, he's definitely a reliever, um, and he can get some strikeouts. But he also just has that sort of deer-in-the-headlights quality to him yes. where he gets into a spot and he just, like, can't throw a strike or pipes right. one down the middle. Like, that dude give up three home runs in one inning. And look, you know what? Oh, <laughs> this is the perfect year in which to bring guys up who have big arms and give them a shot. Yeah. Because there is... For the most part, no pressure, and no one's seen them yet. You're not right. gonna, you're not gonna get like that second time through the league thing as often. But what a great time, right, to unleash the, those guys. And look, worst case, they fail. Okay, it's a sixty game season. Yeah, it's not. It's it's going to be different. It's going to be weird. But yeah, I, I think there's the next. So they're gonna cut the rosters down from thirty to what twenty six next or something like that. I think it's twenty seven then twenty six. I think there's a step. Yeah, I think yeah. we might see the Smelters and Latels in that next cut down. I think they might be gone because that first wave of Penn Arms is good. Duffy is fantastic. Yeah, he's turned himself into a really good pitcher. Um, Actually, a Cody Stashak who showed some yeah. promise last year. He had four strikeouts on Friday, yeah. right? Yeah, he, he a nice special. He came in. I get it was a five run cushion, but like he came in and shut the lights. The out. Duran in the Duran one game. though intrigues me because I think that kid's got a good arm. Yeah, and, he's their top pitching prospect. And Chalmers has that. I, told you before he's got that curveball that is big league right now mm-hmm. and what i told judd and jake yesterday was it's the time that i'm like sound alarm in the pitching because i do think the strategic deployment of it is what matters so like when jose barrios has a clunker right he goes three innings but if you can have great bullpen arms behind them your tier one guys the duffies the taylor rogers of the world you can make up for that even with kenta maeda yesterday if we get that from kenta maeda for five six innings every game that's what he is that's what we want we will take that every day but if you can basically piggyback off of guys and i think that's that was what i had against rocco in the playoff series you bring in zach Littell in game one at yankee stadium the dude gets rocked i think he learned his lesson there so that's what i'm curious about how do you how do you limit that damage when one of your starters doesn't do his job. That's what I'm curious to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was fun though, man. Like it was twins baseball in all its glory. The oh. same lineup that we remember from last Kudos year to Fox sports North. That was a seamless. Yeah. Three games. It was good. And, and what Dick and, and Justin were here at uh, the ballpark doing the game. You forgot that. I think. Yeah, it, for sure. I agree. Like, I was never fixated on, man, that sounded weird, or the timing was weird there. Yeah. That's got to be a tough game to produce. They did, I thought, a really, yeah. really nice job. I agree. And uh, the home opener, quote-unquote, is tomorrow against the St. Louis Cardinals. And I, we should, if, if people didn't see it yesterday, we should throw out just a quick mention. We're going to do, it might not be after every game, but the first one was yesterday. Uh, we're doing a post-game video streaming show that we also take the audio and put into our podcast feed, too, called Last Call, hosted by Judd Declan. Jake DePew has been part of the Scorner Twin Show and writes about the twins and prospects for Scornorth.com, and I'll join some of these shows as well, but just a place for us to hang out on Facebook Live, Scornorth Facebook, and Scornorth Twitter after the game and uh, discuss what we saw, or in this case, after the first series against the White Sox. So if you're not following Scornorth on Facebook and Twitter, 
Check us out there. We also have two YouTube channels. We've got a Vikings-centric YouTube channel. It's just youtube.com slash score north. And uh, we just launched a new Mackie and Judd YouTube channel a few weeks ago. It's youtube.com slash Mackie Judd for twins discussions and for action movie rewinds. Write that down, et cetera, et cetera. A quick word for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been helping business owners in the state of Minnesota for over 100 years based in Owatonna, Minnesota. The last four months during this pandemic period have been just incredibly tumultuous for business owners. And if you don't feel like you've got a great helping hand standing behind you, uh, if you need more protection, if you need more peace of mind, Federated is here to help you. You can go to federatedinsurance.com to find a full list of industries Federated protects and to find information about your Federated marketing representative. Remember, at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Yeah, Granny, the number of positive cases among Miami Marlins players is now up to 12. Two coaches, sources have told me, and Jesse Rogers are also positive for COVID-19. This is the sort of outbreak that baseball was afraid of. And what happens now is anyone's best guess Their game, their home opener against the Baltimore Orioles has been canceled and the further fallout today and in the coming days is going to be awfully interesting to see, to see really the viability of the 2020 Major League Baseball season and how baseball or if baseball continues to be played. It is it is not. Uh, That was Jeff Passan from ESPN's Get Up this morning. And since we are doing this episode late morning here on Monday, and we're going to post it, and and we mostly just want to get our Twins discussion out for you guys to listen to and random season recall and those things, there will be a lot more information coming out about the specifics of what's happening with the COVID outbreak in the Miami Marlins. There's a a meeting and a conference call between Rob Manfred and owners middle of the day today. So there will be time to evaluate the specifics of what's happening, but... My biggest question to you, Judd, is it almost feels like baseball is caught off guard and paralyzed by something that should have been obviously inevitable. You're going forward with with a 60-game season, and you're doing it traveling from city to city. I get that you're keeping it regional. like right. At least you're traveling. But no bubble. There's no bubble. Mm-hmm. In the NBA, Like, and we'll get to the – I've got a an NBA-related quarantine discovery that we'll get to at some point involving a highly known guard. But baseball has said, all right, the players would rather not leave their families. They want at least to go home and sleep at night and be connected with their families and their kids. And, like, that's a, that's a decision that they made. And bubbles are very expensive. Yes, they are. And baseball maybe doesn't <laughs> baseball have. Baseball don't like that. Yep. So um, I think when they resume play a couple weeks ago, yep. shouldn't the biggest question be, all right, what happens when a team gets, like, 10 COVID positive tests? What do we do? I don't think they ever figured that out. I don't think they ever said, all right, if the if the Orioles get like 14 positive tests, what do we do? How yep. do we handle that? Yep. Um, and if they if they did discuss that, they're not exactly coming off like they discussed it here on this Monday. So you, you know how often big companies have emergency plans that they don't tell the public about because there's no sense in scaring people before? <laughs> yes. But then once the emergency takes place, the plan is unveiled and, and you're like, oh, of course they had that plan. Yep. I think baseball forgot that plan. Um, the Mar the Marlins thing that, that we're talking about right now on um, Monday morning is an incredible thing because of this. 
I'll start you with this part. How did they play the game against the Phillies on Sunday when they were having positive tests coming back and they knew full well the plan had to be, and and the bubble in the MLS gave you this gift. Like, they Mm -hmm. basically gave you this. The plan has to be, we can't be worried about games played. What we have to be concerned about is shutting teams down, even for, let's say, two weeks, if and when we have to. Mm -hmm. Because... Our problem here is is in this country, it seems once we start something that we insist on it be as normal as possible or, damn it, it's not worth doing. So instead of saying 2020, okay, we're going to come back and play sports, and it's going to be fun because we're going to have games on. But we can't be afraid to bail on the plan for every team to play or else we're going to lose the entire thing. Mm-hmm. So instead of instead of the Marlins starting to have a – surprising and concerning amount of positive tests on, let's say, Saturday, and saying they can't play, they're done. Instead of that and quarantining them immediately, and let's say it is for two weeks, let's just say they lose two weeks of games, we now are going to have the Marlins not playing probably for a while, Baltimore, their opponent for their first game in Miami, that game for Monday night has been canceled. The Marlins were in Philadelphia, so the Phillies and Yankees game on Monday night, also canceled. So I guess what confuses me is, how do you not just look at what soccer did in its bubble? And they sent two teams home and say, this is not about normal, because nothing in 2020 is. This is not about everyone's got to play 60, damn it, because that's our number. This is about finding ways to keep your league going with a common sense approach, which might mean you're going to have 16 playoff teams, right? 16! Mm Mm-hmm. You might have to say you have to play a minimum of 40 games and everything based on that, if we do indeed get to a playoffs, is going to be based on win percentage. Instead of saying we're playing 60 and we're going. But the starting point is how on earth didn't the Marlins Phillies game, at least on Sunday, get banged so that you could get the Marlins into quarantine as quick as possible. And you know what, Phil, if they had come out yesterday and been like, we can't play. We all would have said, oh, you got a plan. Mm -hmm. Oh, good for you, Rob Manfred and company. Good for you. But instead, we have this notion that once you start, it's got to be normal. We also didn't do the work as a country, really. Like, let's let's put it all on us, the 330 million people that live in the United States and all of our leadership, like from individuals to leaders on both sides of the aisle, too. But, like, we didn't do enough like other countries did to reward ourselves properly with – at least some sort of manageable level of of cases remaining to launch sports again. Mm-hmm. Like all these other countries relaunch sports, English Premier League, Bundesliga, like all these international soccer leagues and rugby leagues relaunch sports, not when they had 10,000 new cases a day in certain states, but they, they relaunch sports after they had the virus under control as a reward. All right, everyone, this is going to suck for a while, but we're going to get this under control and then once we get it under control, we can have sports back. And we skipped the first part in this country. Like yes. we basically just said, all right, well, I'm kind of sick of this and you can't tell me what to do because this is America. Uh, even though like if you literally track your entire day, the government is telling you what you can and right. can't do almost every 10 minutes. You can't, stop j- you can't jaywalk, <laughs> but bleep your mask. Right. So, but that's, I mean, and, and that's a yeah. discussion that we could get to another day, but I think what's frustrating is all of this was inevitable. We didn't really like do enough to actually get sports back in a safe way. And now we're probably 
honestly getting what we deserve if MLB has to stop and start but can and we then just, just be done. Can we just accept the fact that, because I, look, watching the Twins and White Sox play was great. Can we just come to the, take a deep breath and come to the conclusion that everybody might not be able to play all the time? And if there, there's an outbreak of the Twins opponent and they lose three games, they lose three games. Yeah. And you don't make them well, up. It, it, I mean, it gets, that's it. It does get weird, though, if one team plays 58 games it and does, one team but, literally but plays my, like 20 games. But my point is, in 2020, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to sit here. If we're going to sit here and split hairs and say this is a championship level season, we're going to lose. Yeah. Okay. And and we, you can't have you can't have teams uh, trying to hide tests. And the problem here is is so tests go in, let's say, on a Wednesday. You find out on a Friday, right? But then, but then, if it's spread through a team or starting to spread, players don't show the symptoms until Saturday or Sunday in some cases. Mm-hmm. So, so you have to err on the side of caution of just saying your series is just canceled. Sorry, and and look, if we don't, I almost don't care if we don't get a champion. I don't care. Here's what I want: I want to watch sports as best I possibly can. With the full realization of that might include not fulfilling exactly what I am used to and being okay with that. But the the other thing to consider here is how far do you take the close contact with team blank or player blank that has COVID? So the, the from what we know right now at you know eleven o'clock a.m. here on this Monday as we record this, so the Marlins had the outbreak, and so Major League Baseball has said. Team that Marlins played, you are also out. So Marlins are out, Phillies are out. Yep. Well, how far do we take it? Like, do we go back to okay, who did the Marlins scrimmage against last Wednesday and Thursday? Are they do they have to be out? That was that was less than a week ago. If they scrimmaged someone last Wednesday and had a bunch of positive tests on like a Friday, yep. then everyone that they played on Wednesday, and I don't know who they played, but whoever they played on Wednesday, that team probably has to be out, right? They play the Pirates or somebody. But in, I'm okay with that too. Um, I'm okay with I, I'm okay with shutting as many teams down as you have to if we could still have some games. Yeah, um, and then of course the other thing we've talked about this is how much do you care about asymptomatic cases? Let's say all 14 of these players and coaches are asymptomatic. What do you do? Do you care? Do, 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 well, do, you, do they still have to sit out until they get they do negative and, tests? But but here's my here's my concern that is starting to uh, come to potentially, and I hope to God it does not fruition with the Marlins, the coaching staff. Because now we're probably not talking about young, healthy guys. Mm-hmm. Holds Don Mattingly. I don't think it's he has be it. But 60-ish, right? 60, yeah. But the point is, the point is, this is where this is where you have to answer questions, which is, are you comfortable with somebody? And let's just say it's one person. Let's say of this entire party, it's one person. And let's say it's a coach getting very, very sick and possibly dying. And my honest question, not being a smartass, is, are you comfortable with that? Because that's the question. And that's going to happen. And that's going to happen in football, I think, happen. for sure. But but that becomes the question. Is Rob Manfred and his team, are they comfortable with having the blood on their hands from that death? Because it yeah. would be on them. And if their answer is flat out, you know what? Yeah. You know, this is, this is an obvious like, second-guess take, what I'm about to say, but... It is so foolish to think that you could get through two-plus months of a 60-game baseball season with no bubble and not have multiple teams suffer 
yeah. massive outbreaks like we've got, just seen in the first weekend. And you've got young men here in their 20s, right? They are not, I'm sorry, but unless I can I can actually lock from, from the outside the hotel room doors, you can't tell me that everybody is not going out. Yeah. And there's nobody to watch them. It's not, it's not like there's a coach per player to be like, get back in, in 222, your room right now. There's not that person. So, but, but I think the starting point that you said is correct. Which is, okay, baseball, did you really have a plan for this? And what we're seeing so far, unless we find out something completely different, is they didn't. Yeah. So um, I would actually put a coach or somebody, like, at the front of the hotel or whatever, and I would make sure that no one You could hire a security Security, team. yeah. Yeah. You could hire a team. it's, it's, It's ridiculous that it's come down to this, but the team that wins the World Series is probably the team that just doesn't increase their chances of getting COVID. Yeah. More often, and this like does stay in your hotel. This room. does speak to one thing, which is the only way that you have a chance—a chance, a chance—to get through this is a bubble. Yep. Like if you want to, if you want to go with, whoo, we made it, the bubble. Well, that's a good segue into quarantine discoveries, Judd Zolga, because even if you do have a bubble, it doesn't guarantee you anything. <laughs> I know where you're going. Stuck in the house all weekend, no sports to watch. It makes Mackie, Judd, and Rami something, something. Go crazy. Don't mind if I do. Well, okay, not quite. At least not yet. It's time for Mackie, Judd, and Rami's Quarantine Discoveries. All right, this is month four now of Quarantine Discoveries, and it started off as, all right, we're all cooped up at home in March and April, and there's no sports. What are you guys watching? And we talked about Tiger King and all this stuff. And I think this is the furthest that this segment has evolved because the first quarantine <laughs> discovery is not one that I made. It's one that Lou Williams made. Okay. Clippers guard. Oh, this is good. Oh, boy. All right. Oh, it's good. I have so many questions off this, but go ahead. So uh, Lou Williams was caught because one of his buddies posted a photo on Instagram of them at this establishment. He was caught outside of the bubble in Orlando at an establishment called Magic City. Where not only do they have, according to Lou Williams, the best wings in the city, they've got the best, I would say, talent. Talent? Thighs in the city. Oh, hey, oh. The best. You could, don't go any further. Yeah. Chicken breasts I, in the city. Oh, you, oh, you went sort of there. Something like that. I didn't expect that. Magic City is the famed downtown Atlanta Gentlemen's Club. <laughs> and it absolutely might be the best place in town to get some I know some when wings. I leave the bubble in Florida, I go to Georgia. God, dude. Hi, Lou Williams here. Uh, and by the way, it was, uh, the, 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 this is amazing. This is from Yahoo Sports. Williams grew up in Atlanta and played for Atlanta from 2012 through 14. Magic City is just a few blocks from the Hawks' home court, and its signature wings are literally named after Lou Williams. They are called the Lou Will Lemon Pepper Barbecue Wings. Oh, so he might have a stake. Do we think he's got a stake in the club? I don't know. He might have a stake in the club. But how often would you have to attend a strip club, and how much money would you have to be tipping over the course of your three years in Atlanta for them to name wings after you on the menu? That's what I want to do. Well, that changes the dynamic for me a bit. I didn't realize that Lou had his own specialty wings. I just thought he loved the wings as a customer. This is more more from— He might have a stake in the place. More from Yahoo Sports. He had to check up. On his place, so it w- it was an approved absence. So this it was his grandfather's funeral. So he was he was given permission to leave the bubble and go to Atlanta. Okay, 
So understanding that Williams was in Atlanta on an approved absence from the NBA bubble to attend his grandfather's funeral, was about to head back to Orlando and thus incapable of getting some of those beloved Lou Will Lemon Pepper barbecue wings until potentially mid-October, you can hardly blame Lou Will for trying to load up before going back into the Orlando bubble. So because he got caught, even if he was just there for the food, he has broken the bubble protocol. Yes. He wasn't given permission. In a to really go to a bad strip way. Club, That's probably right? a really bad place to go during a pandemic. He now has to quarantine for 10 days, and that's going to knock him out of the first two sort of quote unquote regular season games when they fire this thing back up yep. for the uh, for the Los Angeles Clippers. So, so I would like to ask a question that that is going to delve into the heart of this very sensitive topic, okay? Pandemic in play, all that stuff. But here's my question. I am not a strip club guy. I've been to them. I just am not a big fan. I don't know, know why. I'm not trying to say that I'm not, and I actually am. I'm just sort of ambivalent to them, okay? And have been for a long time. As a young man, I just thought to myself, it's okay, but I don't really get the there there. But he, I'm, I'm with you, by the way. But here's I've my, never really understood here's my question to both of you guys, and I realize that strip clubs differ in quality, uh, sanitary feeling. I realize there's a large, <laughs> a large variance here. What's that one in the, uh, what's that Mettler's, Mettler's? Is that Mettler's the one in, in Mankato? In Mankato? Yeah. Okay, and oh, I, I was tweeted about one. this one, too, with a question that I'm about to ask. When you guys have gone, have you ever got into it and, and sat down at the club and the guy comes on, you know, Next up, put your hands together for Mandy. And then the waitress comes to your table. And then the waitress comes to your table and you say, can I get a menu, please? (laughs) Have you guys? You guys have any happy hour wing specials? I don't think of watching people dance naked, which, by the way, I'm not passing judgment on and think to myself. Man, a nice Some wings si- sound good. A right nice now. side salad right All now right. would compliment Mandy. I am going to defend Lou Williams, okay? And I'm going to defend him in this way. I've probably only been to like four strip clubs in my life. All of them, three of them were for bachelor parties, begrudgingly. One of them was actually at a Las Vegas World Series of Poker party at Sapphire, which is the world's largest strip club. Oh yeah, and that's story, that's where yeah. I met the uh, oh, yeah. French gal from Rock of Love. <laughs> yeah. We had a great thirty minute conversation, and uh, and I think we we uh, even though we haven't seen each other since then, I think we'll both remember that moment for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Nothing happened. She remained uh, not fully clothed, but mostly clothed. Right? Yeah. Um, so uh, where I will defend Lou Williams is I've walked by Deja Vu Strip Club downtown Minneapolis, just a couple blocks from Target Field. Yep. I've walked by Deja Vu. Hundreds of times in my life. Yep. All right. And the only times I've ever even thought about stepping foot inside that place is when I see the sign outside that says free hot dog buffet. Oh, lunchtime. Oh, I am more tantalized wow. by the hot dog buffet. Yeah, me too, man. At Deja Vu. Same. I've never had it, but it's it's uh, if I'm ranking the reasons why I would walk into Deja Vu, the hot dog buffet is number one. And anything to do with strippers is below it. I agree. I'm I'm up with you 100. I walk. I live three blocks from Deja. I walk by it probably twice a week at the very least. And I love me a hot dog. Yeah, I'm all in on it. But Dude. doesn't it seem wrong to go eat a hot dog at a place where somebody is spreading things that shouldn't be near a hot dog? Not at all. Okay. I think it, it makes, might be I, me. I think it makes it even more adventurous. Oh! 
I've I've had the fried chicken at Rick's. Pretty good fried really? chicken. Really? Yeah. What's Rick's? Like? I've never been inside Rick's. Uh, Rick's is the only strip club I've ever been to. Really? Yeah, it's the only one I've ever been to. So is it like a, years ago. Is like a fried chicken dinner or like a buffet style I, thing? Uh, let's say I somehow stumbled in there with a very prominent Minnesota athlete and a friend of mine. <laughs> and we got VIP treatment at Rick's Cabaret. Which, they, what team? Vikings. How long ago? For two years ago. It was one of the most memorable nights of my entire active, life. Active player? Active player. Still, Still on the, the Vikings? Still with the Vikings. <laughs> and maybe some team employees, too. Anyway, um, there oh. was... We get we sat down, and there was... We all got brought, like, styrofoam food layered with fried chicken and fries. And it, it It's the only. It's my only strip club experience, but I got spoiled. Like, I was spoiled rotten at a Minnesota strip club. So now I don't even know, I don't know if I want to go back in. Because that's the experience I want to have every time. Maybe that's the new high-end strip club experience. So some people, if you want to get the Judd Zolgads into a strip club, Judd's not going to go there. He's not going to get super touchy-feely. He's not going to go down no, with a stash no. of dollar bills. Judd don't hug. But you know what? If you put some chicken Caesar salad wrap. See, yeah, that's I'm the in. thing. No, Zolgads, but see, that's... I can't, ketchup. I can't, He's in. I can't, no, I wouldn't be. I can't get my head around eating something while watching some somebody whose butt cheeks are showing. I can. That's no problem. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I've got nothing wrong with butt cheeks showing. I just don't want it while I'm trying to gobble down my you, fries. You've never had a snack on the couch while watching Cinemax late at night? Yeah. No, I don't think so. But anyway, that's not the same because it's on TV. I'm talking about actual <laughs> a human being with a thong on or, or less than a thong on or something like that. It depends on the strip club and the rules, and I get that. Do they have to be behind glass? There's a lot of rules in this town and both uh, both uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul. But yeah, I just can't get I can't get right with that one. I'm just out of curiosity here. I just Googled. Actually, you know what? Our Internet's down, so this isn't going to work. I Googled Rick's Cabaret Menu. I can, which you know, it's probably for the best that the work internet is down, so that that search doesn't hold come on a up second. With. You know what? I'm going to take that chance <laughs> yeah, right on. now. We're okay. Yeah, I got it. I think your internet's probably down too. At least work computer. I think all of our internet here. is down. Right nope, now. mine is not because I'm on my hotspot. All right, here we go. Oh, Rick's we go. cabaret menu. Oh, okay, Dex, yep. go ahead. What is the menu? So, we have chicken cheeseburger, a six, uh, an eight ounce Angus beef patty with lettuce, tomato, onions. We have a chicken sandwich. <laughs> we have a chicken Caesar wrap. We have a pizza. I do have a chicken no! pizza. Can I get ketchup? Can I get ketchup? Can I get ketchup with that? Of course you can. Oh yeah. We have a quesadilla. I'm back. We have BLTs. Uh, Parmesan cream pasta. Around. Who gets the Parmesan cream pasta at a strip club? I want to meet you. That's oh, what I'm God. saying. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Well, it's there's like... lunch and dinner menus. There's lunch and dinner okay. menus. Okay. How how deep down the list? How extravagant this is food? A great. Website. Start with Phil. Would you get? At Rick's. Like the sirloin? I would actually... We do have wings. Oh, I would trust anything that's like like oh, a steak. It's it's hard to screw up a steak. No, but I'm uh, saying... less likely to get something with like Alfredo sauce that they... You I'm know. not saying it's screwed up. I'm saying like when they bring when they bring it, do, do you want the steak and baked potato and put your hands together for Taylor? <laughs> that's my question. So it, well, it, it's not going to be bad. If I get a steak and baked potato and some beans and like macaroni and cheese, Taylor doesn't want to be anywhere near no. 15 feet of me after this I'm done with that I'm meal. That's what I'm talking right? about. I'm just lost. <laughs> it's not the right place to do this. We, we could get chicken wings, chicken tacos, Cajun shrimp. Oh, some Cajun, Cajun shrimp. shrimp huh? Some sliders. Spicy. Some sliders. There's some oh, salads. Yeah. You have a Caesar you and house endorsement salad. endorsement deal, Declan? No. I, I, Declan I here for Cabaret. I, can, I will endorse it. I can see Judd going into the back with Misty and linking arms, eating sliders, and talking about the 2017 Vikings 
You got a 16-ounce ribeye. Lost rib to the Eagles. Yeah. You get a little filet mignon. Amazing. Huh? So I, all I'm saying is, let's stop being so hard on Lou. Lou Williams has become a punchline. Like, you don't go to the strip club for the wings. Uh, I'm just saying, all right? Some of these places it struck me as odd, okay? Food, okay? I'm still struck as odd. Um, later on, we're going to find out who that Vikings player was. Uh, maybe. We'll see. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. Maybe uh, off the record. I think it might have been a tight end. It uh, is like, honestly, you know the drunk history. What, the, the, the player or the player? <laughs> well, or Misty. well, the player and Misty. <laughs> the show Drunk History where people, you know, retell hilarious historic events. I would totally do that with this story because I th- it is a pretty prominent story. Like, I can't say it on air. But I feel it, like it's you, a, shouldn't it's a you, shouldn't, you shouldn't throw the player under the bus. I won't. I can't. Well, you should to us after we're off yes, microphone. No problem. Okay. I feel like you shouldn't say it on air, but on a podcast would be just our secret. That's true. There was a good point. There was a, I think Judd might've been around. He for sure was around for this. Um, actually, I've heard this happen a couple of times. Vikings training camp in Mankato. I will not mention the player, but I do remember a Vikings player getting into a taxi cab with two hmm. gals from Boomtown one time. Boomtown. Oh, there was a lot of that happening. Yeah. I also ran into a Vikings defensive player one time in the lobby at the American as he was saying goodbye yes. to a couple of gals from the American. And I don't you know, the, well, you I, know these guys are young I, and presumably single. I did see a, a current Vikings player leaving Red Rabbit's patio two Saturdays ago to go in to a certain store across from Red oh, Rabbit. Oh, really? Masked yes. up I even masked shot, up I said, or hey, no. is that blah, blah? And you turn around and say, hey, what's up, man? Walked across the street with two gals into this store. Mask or no? No mask. Okay, see, this is the problem, and I'm not kidding. I had a mask on. No, well, no, no, no. I'm just saying no, that this is the problem, and look, these kids are in their 20s. They Two don't Manhattan's know any better. In and, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, there there was a certain uh, Vikings quarterback <laughs> in the uh, early 2000s who might have not had to stay in Gage Hall and actually had, I think, a couple rooms in the American that um, that the head coach allowed. Yikes. But I won't name Dante Culpepper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to bring Dante Culpepper up. That's not fair. All right, Judd, your quarantine discovery. Okay, it's a quarantine dilemma, conundrum. Take your pick. And it's a quarantine discovery, but not from the weekend so much as from Monday morning as I left the house, coffee and backpack in hand and over my shoulder. So we've had the joy, Dawn and I, of having a pack of bunny rabbits, some babies, live in in the what what's the right word foliage by our house in the you like know the cellar like the little window yeah still? no 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 in like the there we, we've got a bunch of shrubs and stuff okay so they've gotcha. they've moved in and you know what dawn doesn't like it but i think it's sort of Stella, cute stella's okay with it uh stella is ambivalent towards it it's unbelievable oh, she wow. is the most undog dog she just is like whatever dude uh, but today i'm leaving the house and um in my front yard is one of the babies Oh boy. Not moving. Oh boy. And so here but so so this happened to me a couple of years back with an adult bunny who Hey, what's up, Dad? Put your hands together for Doc the bunny rabbit. Hey, what's up, Dad? So a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, I had bugs bugs spent Saturday running around my front yard and I could tell that it, something was very wrong. And Sunday, I believe I woke up and it was dead. And so I took the shovel, the garbage can and disposed of that rabbit. So it was already dead. So it was dead okay. in that case with X's over its eyes. So yes. And it was an adult. And so I got it in the thing and it's it, it, okay. It just sort of gross to me, but it's fine. So today 
I thought, you know what? I'm going to do the exact same thing. Go get the shovel and dispose of this because it's it's sad, but it happens. Circle of life. Exactly. And here's the conundrum. So keep in mind, I'm not comfortable doing this. So I'm not a man's man. Ah, it's dead. I'll kill it if it's not dead. So I get the garbage. I get the shovel. I start to shovel the little baby bunny rabbit, and it starts to twitch. It's not fully dead. Oh, oh my God. But it's not a lot. It, like, it can't Back move. Off. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, Tina, the bunny rabbit. So anyway, so I take the shovel and the bag that I'm going to put it in, dispose of it, and I put it to the side of the house. And now when I come home, I'm hoping it's just dead. So if it's still, there's no way it'll just still be laying there twitching, right? So what no, was, what was wrong with it? I think its legs are, something's wrong. No, it's like, it's like drunk. It's passed out on the thing. I don't think it's going to move. I think it's done. I think it eventually is going to expire at some point in time. But if it's not expired by this afternoon, when I get home, expired. well, it's going to die at some point. But if it's not dead by the time I get home, my question is like, do I just, because it's just twitching. So like if I take the shovel and and shovel it up it's i don't think it's going to like run off of the shovel um but here's my problem my problem is this and i know that that we have i'm sure a large contingent a contingent of male listeners who are going to call me a complete wimp yeah, just hit it with the shovel i, 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 I don't have, way, i can't i don't have animals i can't do it i have no problem with animals i can't do it I can't you, kill you it. You would have you would do done. It. I would have done. So it. you you del- you I would deliver the kill shot. I would do it. I can't do the kill shot. Yeah, I, I just I can't. I'm sorry. R- rodents and stuff like that. I have no problem with. Oh, but, then, no. but, but a rabbit. But it's a rabbit. See, a rabbit is. I don't view a rabbit as a rodent. I, I agree with you. I, I classify them. I view category. rabbits more like cats almost because like you see them at the humane society. Like I would have, have a problem. I would have a problem, and I think I could do it, but I'm not sure. Polishing off like a mouse, just because it's big enough where it's sort of gross. Yeah, even those, I, I'd rather just like have have the mouse be tricked into a mouse trap. Oh, I'm fine. Have, if it's dead, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm totally with like you. Like if that happens, I mean, I'm not fine if but it's dead. But could you just come to my I house don't... and nail this little baby over. bunny rabbit on over. the head with my shovel? Yeah, and polish it off. I mean, that's like a hit. I'll do it. Yeah, I don't know what your what your other option would be. Like if if it's still alive when you get home, and I'm with you, like I can't deliver the kill shot to the animal. Do you just like scoop it into a more comfortable place? Like, is it just out in the open on the side? That's sidewalk what I'm wondering. Or I don't know what to do. Where is it? Is it in the grass or is it? it it's in the grass. So it's, it's, it can just, just leave stick? it. Yeah, I but know. I don't. That's that's torture too. Like, it's but eventually, it just has pain. to die. But I can't do the Sopranos thing. I can't. And call Elmer Fudd. I mean, Declan is basically Tony Soprano. I would. I He's going to come over and deliver a bleeping kill shot with a shovel on this yeah, thing's so head. So, do you not care about animals? Period, or is it just like all right? In uh, this I case, have to, I have to phrase this very carefully. I I like I love dogs. I am not a cat person, but I understand why people like them. I I think they're incredibly disgusting, but I understand why people like cats. And I know you're a cat guy. Man. I'm a cat guy. I'm, I'm a cat, dog yeah. guy. Don't let him near your house. I grew up on a hobby farm with horses, dogs. Don't let him near your house, so Phil. He'll kill your cats. Kill Tommy. But I, I mostly so like I'm terrified of a lot of it. I'm terrified of horses. What? I'm absolutely petrified by a horse. I can't stand being <laughs> near a horse. Those horse carriages in the North Loop that go around. I want to like go to a what? ward meeting Why? and end them. I they 
They leave their crap everywhere. They they stall cars. I can't stand it. But what? But what is it specifically about, about the horse? about horses that terrify um, they're, you? They're just large beasts that I feel like could kick me into the next generation. Yeah, don't it, stand behind them. They're they're humongous. <laughs> you just I, said, I'm scared of them, dude. You just I'm said they stall cars like they've got a theft they ring do. going on. Yeah. <laughs> they're the carjackers. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but horses aren't like it's not okay. If they're, you're saying scared, here's man. a horse and here's a lion, okay? Yeah, large animals. Yeah. If a horse runs after you, it's like a semi truck. You just dart to the left, whatever. Like they're not gonna, they can't really bite. I mean, they could bite you, but they're you know they're, they they don't have like shark teeth. Right? They could kick you. They like could hurt for, you. for a horse to get into position to actually do damage to you w- would require you to be negligent in some sure. way. Like I, st- if you stand behind them and startle yeah. them, they might. Kick Can your we teeth backtrack in. though? Go back to why you could kill this thing. Because oh, it's yeah. big enough that it would, like, I think if you delivered the kill shot, it would start spasming and stuff, too. So, like, this, I don't think it would be clean. It, it, this sounds bad, but if it's a wild animal and I have no attachment to it, then, yeah, I'm just going to kill it. Like, I, I have no problem with that. But, see, this is, like, honestly, I can't hunt. I can't I am, hunt either. I am not. Well, why can't you? If you could take a shovel to a rabbit, why can't you hunt? <laughs> because I have no patience for sitting in a stand and no, like. No, no, that's that. not no, we're, no, talking we're talking about killing. We're talking about if taking a gun and I killing something. Yeah, I can't. And again, I, I know a lot of our listeners probably hunt. I am not judging you. I'm not saying that you can't or shouldn't hunt. I'm saying I personally cannot take a gun and shoot Bambi. I feel terrible. Yeah, I can't do it either. I just can't do I'm, it. I'm with you totally. I, I would. I would take a shovel to this animal. No problem. I would beat that. <laughs> but thing you in the could. You could hunt. You could shoot. An animal, you you just don't have the patience. Correct. Okay, that's totally different. And I just, all, all, I, have you done this before? Uh, I've I've killed a bat. Oh, that doesn't count. I kill. I kill a bat. Yeah, no, I kill a bat. But have have you killed a bunny? Yeah, so, something where the repercussions played out. I swerve. I swerve towards squirrels on the road. No, no, no. But you don't have to watch it. The difference for me it's is a watch. Bump. It's a pretty significant. You bump over an. Yeah, animal. but it's dead then, and and you have the option to not. Look back. Oh, but I look. What back. I'm saying is, have you killed something where you've stood over its body and it's not lifeless yet, and, and been and a hitman, been a hitman, uh-huh. and watched the repercussions of your actions? No, I don't think I have. Okay, see, that's where I couldn't do it, and mm-hmm. I, I think you would struggle more than you think. With I feel like Declan is challenge. Declan's not a full-on sociopath, but there's like 10% sociopath mm-hmm. coming out here right now. Mm-hmm. The swerving towards squirrels, like if I kill a squirrel. On accident, I feel kind of bad, but like whatever. Like if I kill a dog, I would melt. Oh god! Yeah, I'd right? die. I, 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 I would, I'd so I definitely down. view I'd dogs as like you know inferior to squirrels. But I'm not going out of my way. The thing I've seen people go out of their way with geese. Like if oh, there's I don't a, mess with geese either. If there's a you know if there's baby geese coming across the street, like these Isn't idiots. That messy? That it's, I would imagine it's, so. Feel terrible. Yeah. If, well, yeah. and I wouldn't want the carnage on my car. <laughs> well, that too. Like geese would be a <laughs> a, a squirrel is tire. Bang bang, a geese would be stuffing your grill, stuck in your grill. I don't like geese though. Oh, geese are gross. They're the worst. Geese are gross. I just can't take a life. Yeah, like I, I could not take this bunny's life. I couldn't be a hitman. I can't do those things. We're learning a lot about each other over these last few months. We are. Yeah, this is good. I'm glad we do quarantine. Anyway, that's my conundrum though, and I don't know what to do. Well. Somebody send Judd a note sometime today because he's got to figure this out. Random season recall. We do this every single Monday. Declan Goff will pick a random Minnesota sports season from sometime in the past and will quiz us to see how much we remember about said random season. So, Declan, the floor is yours here. All right, boys. We had a pretty dominating performance last week. 
I know we usually don't pick out prominent seasons, um, but I think this is a prominent season, and I think it's relevant. So we're going to do the 2001 Minnesota Twins today. All right. I like this one. It's yeah. far enough back. Yeah, I think so. So we'll, we'll start with the win total, and we're within three. So that's our rule, I believe, we've established the last few weeks. So you have to be within three wins. How yeah. about 86 and 76? Ooh, I like the confidence. 8577. Yeah. Oh, nice. Look at that. Out of the, the gate, Let's do it. All right. Let's get it. <laughs> Who made the all-star game for the Twins that season? There was three. Hold on a second. Dougie Baseball was hitting like 400 early. Did Joe Mays make it that year? Didn't Joe Mays have a great start to one Joe, season? Joe Mays finished like with Cy Young Award votes. Joe Mays, this is just a conversation between Judd and I. So there's three of them, right? Three. Joe Mays. I think Doug Mankiewicz made the All Star. I'm game. gonna get, I'm gonna defer to you and probably Tory Hunter, probably Tory Hunter, but I don't know. Wait, for hold, sure. wait, 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 was Tory? Uh, yeah, you he went to Ben Johan. You might be right. Probably um, wasn't Radke. Joe Mays was the better pitcher that season. Um, other player like Hosky, Jock Jones they had some good play. Well, let's start with Joe Mays. That's one. Okay, and I'm. I'm you gonna, seem pretty confident on Doug. Let's go, Doug Mankiewicz. How was Przinsky that year? Really good. He, hit, I think he hit 300 that year. Because that's a team that got off to just an unbelievable start, right? Mm-hmm. Like through uh-huh. July or something. Yep. Let's go, Przinsky. Oh, they were starting to struggle here, Phil. Um, hey, you know who else could have been a? Uh, I, the American League had ridiculous shortstops, but Christian Guzman was amazing. Oh, I think he might. Seasons. You know what? I think he did make it. He had like 20 triples. Yeah, he in had all those triples. I yeah, Christian Guzman. Boom. All yeah, right, that's right. That's a good one. God, he was good. Well, Torrey's famous all-star game was 0-2 when he robbed Barry Bonds. That's right. So you might be right on so, that. So uh, I don't think Jock Jones ever made an all-star game. Was, there anyone, the bull, was there anyone in the bullpen who was going lights out? Was No, that year, uh, Latrey Hawkins was anything but lights out. Okay. <laughs> I think it's another position player. Okay. Let's go Torrey then. That's fine. Uh, all right. Torrey Hunter. Ah, it's a pitcher. Is it Radke? Is it Radke? Oh, was it? Uh, it wasn't Latroy. No, God no. So it wouldn't have been another reliever. Would it, it would have been another reliever. No, okay. Eddie was Eddie around at the time. He, he was, a, but he wasn't. Wait, so, so, it's a st- so it's another starter. Yep. Uh, so May well, they traded for Rick Reed, didn't they? In like Matt Lawton in in maybe July. Um, I think it was two thousand one. Hold on a second. Wait, wait, wait. It was Mays, Radke. Let's go Radke. No, we tried Radke. (laughs) I don't know. My only other guess would be like, because they they traded for Rick Reed. Was it Rick Reed? Eric Milton. Eric Milton was still on the team. He made the All-Star game. Yeah. Eric Milton, Christian Guzman, Joe Mays were your 2001 Twins All-Stars that year. I did not know Eric Milton was an All-Star. All righty. All right. Well, we didn't do great, but we got a couple. All right. So eight Twins players. Hit double-digit home runs on the 2001 Twins. Ooh, All right, Kos- Koski. It has to be one. one. All right, All right. Um, Koski, uh, Tory Hunter. Two. Wait, wait. We're, I'm talking to Phil ta- here. Okay, okay, okay. okay, okay. I w- We're good with those two. So you, we need eight of them, right? Yep. So, yep. You got, so we've you got two. More. David Ortiz put it on the board. That's Przinsky. He's borderline. Let's come back to him. Okay, Let's come back hold on, to him. hold on. I got AJ. I'm going to put him in this category. Um, uh, Dougie Baseball is another borderline one. He was like maybe a nine home run guy somewhere in there. Okay. Um, so I'm 
What was the home run total that we're looking for? Eight double. players hit double-digit home runs. Okay, would Matt Lawton have counted? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good question. Or did he get traded? I think you might be. I think that might be the year he got traded to the Mets for Rick Reed. He probably had. He probably had ten by that point, though. So let's go, Matt Lawton. Four. Okay. Four more. Jock, no, Jack Jones. Okay, so we got we, we got, got left Kosky, field, Lund, center field, right field, the entire outfield, third, third base, shortstop. No, right? I don't know because he he had a ton. As you said, he had a ton of triples. Um, Dougie, oh, Dougie was probably like around. Who was 10. the second baseman? Luis Rivas. Okay, that's. Probably, I don't think so. Yeah, that's probably. Not. Actually, you know who else probably did it? Maybe he came along later. Matt Lecroy was probably in that mix, but we need three more here. We so AJ and Dougie. Or two borderline ones. Let's let's throw Dougie out there. Dougie. All right. Six. Okay. You're missing two. Pretty good here. Hold yeah, on. These are pretty good. So the other positions we're looking for. So Ortiz was kind of first base DH. Who was their first baseman? Oh, Minkavich. I'm sorry. Yep. So we're looking. So on this list here, we've got six. We're looking for. So second baseman's Rivas. Catcher is AJ, which AJ is probably had, one of the answers. Let's AJ go AJ. had to be one. What the hell? AJ. Oh. What? Mm-mm. Okay, so no AJ, which which means he only had seven that season. Really? Yep. And, and, and Rivas and Guzzi. Who, who so else? So we've got goes? the DH. We've got the first oh, baseman. Oh, actually, you know who? Michael Kadire. Nope, no Cuddy. We're at two strikes right now, and I'm just I feel I felt so good about us before. Um, hold on. So who would have come off the bench then? Because we're we're talking about somebody who had to have come off the bench, right? Yeah. Unless Gu- unless Guzman or Rivas got to it, I think we've just taken every position player Bobby and Schulte. the DH. Kilty didn't come up to like O two. Did they have some random the analytics darling Bobby Kilty? Just like some random, I don't know slugger off the bench. I honestly don't know. I guess I guess we have to guess Christian Guzman. Oh wow! Yeah, really? ten. Yeah, exactly. Really? Yep. Okay, so we're missing yeah, one. He, he, one. Yep, you're off. It's an off the bench, off the cusp year. guy. One of my first favorite twins. Players. Veteran? Like just a veteran uh, grizzle? No. Uh, da, 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 da. Actually, I'm not sure his lineage. He was a bench player. He played 69 games, and he hit 10 home runs. Wow. Um, one of Declan's first favorite twins players. I, I have a really good giveaway. It's too oh. much of a giveaway. I have a really good. I think I uh, you know it. Is he an outfielder? Yeah. Is it Buck Buchanan? Yeah! Oh my no! god! He hit ten home runs. Forearms the size of cantaloupes, dude. <laughs> he was one of your favorites. Yes, because his forearms. So hold are on humongous. a second. You can't. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I was like nine, nine, ten years old. You know what? That's hilarious. First round pick by the Yankees. This list makes us have to give acknowledgement to the Knobloch trade. Because yeah. look at that trade. Yeah. Guzman, Guzzi, right? Buchanan. Buchanan. Did Milton come Eric, in that trade? Eric Milton yep. from the previous question did. Look at that. And then they traded him. Your bonus question. They traded Buchanan in 2002 for a certain shortstop who did not debut for about four or five more years. They traded him Straight for up. Jason Bartlett? Correct. They did. Ding, yeah. ding. So they, the magician. Terry Ryan, for as much as we give him oh, crap the second time around, you're right, Terry Ryan school. was a wizard in the early 2000s. Yes. Yes, just through, spinning players. Through the Przinsky trade, he made some of probably the best deals from 1998 to 2005 of course, or six. The one that stands out on the other side from that era is just letting David Ortiz go, which is that actually is yeah, the yeah. single worst baseball personnel move in the history of the game. Yeah, I agree. Because 
the at least at least the Red Sox in the in like nineteen seventeen or whatever the hell year it was nineteen twenty. At least they got a hundred thousand dollars cash from the Yankees for Babe Ruth. The Twins got nothing. Yeah, from David nothing. Ortiz. Yeah, yeah. The Brock trade's bad, but when, when you basically take a guy who is as dominant as Ortiz became and kick him out the door for because if I'm not mistaken, their goal was we can't let Matthew Lee Croy go. Yeah. Whoops. And then <laughs> whoopsie. Everyone ended up crying that the poor guy couldn't throw guys out of second base. All right. Well, I, got a, again. I got a couple more. How many days were the 2001 Twins in first place for? I'll give you a parameter of your, if you're within five, I'll give it to you. All so right. how many days were the Twins in first place for? So they got off to a huge lead, or at least got off to a great start. Yeah. I don't know how big the lead was. Went into July, right? Definitely into July, and then they kind of like, they fell behind. By the end, they lost by like six or eight games or something. Right. So I'm going to say they for sure... I'm going to say three months, like 90 days for sure. Okay. 90 days for sure. And so then I think there April, was some back May. and forth. <clears throat> so this is how many days total in the whole season. Yeah. Right? Well, so baseball reference gives on days and off days as like they, they have two different days for first place. So I have both them written down. Okay. So th- there's technically two of them. But uh, if you're within the five of these two, I'll give, I'll give it to you. It, so it's got to be 90 the, plus. The, yeah. The question here is. How many, like they were in first place for the first half of the season, and then they relinquished the lead sometime in like July, and then I can't remember, like I think they kind of went back and forth a little bit. Okay. And then they just, in August was when they really hit the 100 skid. and something? Let's just go, let's go an even 100. Okay. Close. So they were 111. They were in first place I feel for pretty good about that. Days. Good that is a I feel, pretty, I feel really good, Phil. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty I, good guess. I don't think that's bad. I'm not going to allow Declan to dictate my day. <laughs> I feel good about that guess. <laughs> All right. Final question. Yeah. Same kind of similar question. What was, uh, or how many games were the Twins above 500 at the All-Star break? Oh. And you're, again, I'll give you, if you're within five, this. you're okay. good. All right, go ahead. I think I got, oh, at the All-Star break, yep. I was going to say, I think their peak was like, they were like 25 games over 500 at one point. Um, I'm trying to think of what their peak record was. It was like 51 and 27 or something in the first half. Um, boy. I'm going to say 25. 25 games over 500. You're, you're in the ballpark. All right. 20, at the All-Star break, they were 23. About wow. 500. Oh, so, no. yeah. You're in the ball. You're in the ballpark. You're in the ballpark. You're the ballpark. You two games. Two games. What? Ballpark. That's 20 years ago, ballpark, dude. my ass. That was great. <laughs> yeah. Nice gas. You're off by two. <laughs> From 20 years ago. And then they hit the snide and went 30 and 45 after the All-Star yep. break. And I, I think LaTroy Hawkins wound up blowing, like, uh, blowing eight saves that season. So yeah, if great. he had not been that bad. And then TK stepped down. That was it for TK. He had more yeah. walks than strikeouts that year. Latroy Hawkins with 28 saves. Oof. Yikes. Yeah, but then he pitched for like 20 years. So yeah, good they, for him. The next season, he became an unbelievable setup man for like yeah. four years for the Twins and then pitched another 10 around the league. So that is random season recall here. I'm Mackie and Judd. Nice work, Mackie. Thank you. Thank you. Nice work, especially there at, at the end Thank when you. you were in the ballpark. <laughs> nice <laughs> guess. <laughs> nice guess, Sporto. Go home. Good luck with that bunny, Judd. Oh man! I don't know what to do with the bunny. I'm just very disturbed by yeah, this. Yeah, someone give some give Judd some advice here. I can't polish it up. And don't tell guy. me go out and be a man and shoot it. Okay, I don't have a gun. And don't say take your shovel and just smack it right upside yeah, the head. I can't do that. Smack it.
smack it and say, that's all, folks. That's all, folks. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.